Thanks for listening to the Grace Life Podcast, where we want to know God, find life, make a difference, and reach our world. Many times we can fall into a view of Jesus that is simple or routine, but there is so much more to the purpose of Jesus for us to understand. Jesus came to radically change our perspective on what it means to truly live. We're in a series that takes a look at statements that Jesus himself said about his mission while he was here on earth. Our lives can be different because of Jesus. Everybody, welcome to Grace Life. Once again, so glad to have you worshiping with us wherever you are. But we'd love to say hello to you, especially if you're new here at Grace Life. If you would, whatever platform you're using, Take a moment, click a link for a connection card, say hello to us, we're going to say hello back to you. Uh, Hey, what about that worship? Man, wasn't that great? We just sang one of my favorite songs. I don't know if you were paying attention, but I love that line in that song, I'm not who I used to be. And I remember the first time that we sang that worship song here in the building in Grace Life a little while back, I I was standing beside my wife, we're having one of those, those marriage worship moments, kind of holding hands, you know, doing that thing and singing and praising Jesus, and you get to that line, I'm not who I used to be. And she looks over at me, gives me one of those little, little smiles like, oh, honey, you are so much better now. And, and you got to be careful when you're married because, you know, at first you're like, that's right. This is the new me, man. I, I'm, I'm pretty good. Yeah, you should be glad you get to be married to me. That, that's not a good thought to be having. It's also not a good thought to go, what do you mean? Like, I wasn't so bad the way I was. What's the so, but but I, I resisted all of that, and, and we just stood there. We just kind of smiled, kept singing the song. You know, it, and marriage is really one of those things that will show you uh, how much you need to change, right? Uh, when you get married, you will discover things about yourself you never knew before. And, and like, matter of fact, how selfish you are. You know, when you get married, you suddenly have to start having conversations about whether or not you can even put a picture on the wall. When you were single, man, you could put any picture you wanted. You could paint anything any color you wanted. As soon as you get married, everything is a conversation. So I just want to take a moment and say, all you single people, be careful. One day you're going to get what you are asking for. And it gets a little tougher. You know, you never discover how many flaws you have until you get married. Because suddenly you have a 24-7 character monitor. Somebody is always there saying, honey, I don't think you should have reacted like that. Honey, I don't think you should have said that. Honey, that was, that was not very polite. Honey, you're going to have to apologize. And you didn't have that before. You could kind of just get away with it, go home. Your friends would still love you by the next time you showed up. Everything uh, just becomes highlighted uh, about what needs to change about you when you get married. So I know that's one of the, the biggest change things in my whole life. That whole, I'm not who I used to be, marriage is probably number one for me. I want to ask you guys a question. Just take a moment and and answer this question for me. What would you say is one of the biggest things that changed you in the course of your life? What would you look back in in either an experience or something you went through or, or just a state of life? What would you say has changed me more than anything, right? Okay, you got you got that in mind? All right, here you go. Raise your hand if what you were just thinking was Jesus. Uh, I tricked you. Come on, y'all should know better. We're in church. The answer in church is always Jesus. When a pastor asks a question, you always say Jesus. What's your favorite color? Jesus. You just, you just always say Jesus. Anyway, yeah, okay. I did trick you. Because, look, I don't mean to make light of either marriage or college or a difficult season, whatever you went through, because I certainly hope 
that if you were changing in that season, that God was the one that was working in you. But what I really just wanted to get us to today is, is to show you what we're talking about. Uh, if you're here for the first time, we're in a series we've been doing for a few weeks now, and this series is called Because of Jesus. And it came out of statements that Jesus made, as well as some statements the Bible made about Jesus, that said this is why he came. This is what he came to do. And it turns out it was more than one thing. He came to do a lot. His time on earth was packed with purpose. And so this series is talking about the different things that should be changed in our world, the different things should be changed in our lives, all because of Jesus. Well, the one we're going to talk about today, it turns out that one of the things that should change because of Jesus is us. You and I, we are supposed to be different people because of Jesus. Let me share this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. New creation. It, it means something exists now that did not exist before. Something that is specifically made this way to be what it is. So maybe so what gets into our heads sometimes, though, if you've ever read this verse and you thought about it, is the whole word creation. Because when we think of creation, especially in church, and we're talking about creation in church, we tend to think back to the very beginning. In the beginning, God created. And so we have this idea of history, and we think way back. And we don't think about you and me right here, right now, and how today something is supposed to be new. We're supposed to be a different person from who we used to be. Who are you then? Who are you now? Who were you then? Who are you now? I want you to imagine with me. If you've been following Jesus a couple of months, hey, by the way, I just want to take a moment and say we had uh, a lot of people on Easter celebrating uh, that what Jesus had done for them, and they, they said, hey, I want to make Jesus my king. I want Jesus to, to change my life, and I just want to say we're with you. We're so glad uh, for what God is doing in your life. And so for some of you, this has just been a couple of weeks. Others of you, maybe it's been a few months. Some of you, it's been a few years. Some of us, it's been a couple of decades since we made Jesus our king. And so let's just imagine, though, that maybe you're, you're somebody who's been following Jesus now, we'll just say about six months, okay? And uh, I, I'm going to give you an illustration with, it's going to be male pronouns because I'm a male and I wrote it. Ladies, just substitute the he for she and you, you'll follow along. But I want you to imagine you've been following Jesus about six months and you go to hang out with some of your friends you haven't seen in quite a while. And, and so as you kind of get together, you're having dinner, you're talking, I want you to think about what is going to be said when the evening is over. Are they going to say something like this? You go, you leave, you get your Uber, you're headed home or whatever the, the story is, and, and they stay for just a few more minutes. They say, man, it was so good to get together. It's been way too long since we got to hang out, man. It was just like old times. Or are they going to say something like, man, it was so good to get together. It's just been way too long, but boy, did y'all notice the change? Did, did you notice something is, is different? especially about that guy. I mean, like he used to freeload. He'd always show up and be, oh man, I forgot my wallet. Can you spot me? Like every time. And nobody forgets their wallet every time. He was a freeloader. Did you notice? He picked up the tab. Like he's, he's trying to be generous and, and he's changing. You know, he used to hit on the waitresses when we would go out. Now he said, I'm waiting for the right one. What is that all about? He used to make crude jokes. He didn't even laugh at mine. He used to always just talk about himself and what he was doing at work and how he was accomplishing all these great things. This time he was always like, hey, what's going on with you guys? And what can I do to help you? Man, he was different. 
Something was strange. It was good. It was good to see him, but something was different. The real question that I'm really getting at is if you were to hang out with somebody who knew you before Jesus and they know you now, would they see a new creation? Would they say, you're not who you used to be? Are you a new creation? Because here's the truth. Because of Jesus, we're changed. We're not who we used to be, or at least we shouldn't be who we used to be. And I want to just stop right here and talk to a a group of people, and uh, Grace Life is located in the Bible Belt for those of you watching around the world, and so our context is people who typically have grown up in a church world, so uh, I, I think the majority of the people watching me this morning, you really need to hear what I'm about to say because this is our context. My context is that I grew up here in the Bible Belt going to church. I was in church at least two times a week, sometimes more. I grew up in a home where God was God, and and we talked about God, and we prayed and blessed the food before we ate. I grew up in a home that had a Bible on the coffee table, you know, the family Bible on a coffee table. I understand that's not everybody's story. I've got friends who they grew up in homes that didn't even have a Bible in the whole house, uh, that they never talked about God, they never prayed for the food, they never went to church. It It was different. But for those of us that grew up going to church, uh, there's a name for us, and I don't know if you've ever heard this, they call us second-generation Christians. And what that means is we're not the first ones in our family, in our home, to start following Jesus. If you grew up in a home without a Bible and without going to church, and then you suddenly start following Jesus, you're first generation. But the rest of us, now look, the truth is you might be fourth generation, you might be tenth generation. You could have been your great-great-great-grandparents and everybody in between that's always gone to church. So, but we're called second-generation Christians. What it means is that this environment is not new to us. And the problem we have it is since we grew up going to church, we grew up praying over the food, we grew up thinking nice things about God, we grew up with a Bible in the living room, we don't know that much needs to change. Matter of fact, one of the things that I hear so much from second generation Christians, they grew up in the church and they're talking to me and saying, you know, pastor, I just, uh, I, I really wish I had a testimony. I wish I had more of a story, you know. My story is I grew up going to church and one day I told Jesus I wanted him to be my king. And that, that seems kind of boring. And, and I wish I had a testimony like I was out there on the streets doing this and I was woke up under a bridge and, and an angel showed up to me and they want these stories of how they used to be on drugs or they used to be drunk or, or doing all kinds of things and they wish they had a testimony. See, the problem we have sometimes is we think if we don't have this crazy testimony of how we destroyed our lives, that there's nothing for Jesus to change. And I want you to know, if you're a second or tenth generation Christian, there's plenty for Jesus to change. Here's a testimony for you. I was selfish. I was arrogant. I was rude. I was materialistic. I was a workaholic. It was all about me. Look, I promise you, there is plenty wrong with you for Jesus to change. You don't have to have a testimony of sex, drugs, and rock and roll to say, I need to be changed because of Jesus. Every one of us needs to be changed because of Jesus. And don't miss this point. Being changed because of Jesus is not a one-time thing. It's very easy as you're listening to me this morning to think, you know, well, I was changed because of Jesus. I remember when I made Jesus my king, you know, it, it, it just happened. And, you know, by, since then I've been going to church and I've been a pretty good person. No, no, this is a life process. If you've ever heard this word in church or anybody's preaching, the big churchy word, sanctification. 
And what that means is that we are constantly being changed to be like him. Not just being changed. There's a lot of self-help talk in our world today. And this isn't just about you becoming a better version of you according to your definition. No, this is about being changed to intentionally look more like Jesus. We are being changed to become more like him. And so the simple question is, who were you before Jesus? And if that was 20 years ago compared to today, or like the folks on Easter, if that was two weeks ago compared to today, who were you before Jesus and who are you now? But then I'd also ask this, who were you last week? Who were you last year? Who were you yesterday? You see, being changed because of Jesus is a lifetime process, and it never ends for any one of us. Every day God is doing something. I'll just share a little bit of my own story with you, if that's okay. I became a believer as a sophomore in high school. Again, yes, I grew up in a home. We went to church. I sang about God on Sunday morning. I heard about God on Sunday morning, but I never really had a relationship with God. And it was at an FCA retreat when I was a sophomore in high school. And at that moment, God did something. He awakened my heart to the need that I didn't have a relationship. We didn't talk. It was just distant. It was distant. I went to a building and I talked about him, but I I didn't have a relationship with him. So as as a sophomore in high school, it was that moment that I made Jesus my king. And I'm going to tell you something. Stuff changed. At that very moment, stuff changed. Matter of fact, at that point, I was planning to become a doctor. That's what I always wanted to do. And, and even more specifically, I'd already thought about what I want my specialty to be. I was, I was going to be a thoracic surgeon. That's somebody who operates on like open heart surgery and lung surgery, chest cavity stuff. And I, I thought it was just going to be so cool. I, I'm a little weird, okay? I enjoyed chemistry, biology, and dissecting pigs and stuff like that so forgive me I'm weird but I thought it was gonna be so cool to like have a person and like be playing with their heart like look at this their heart's beating look at this This gotta I just I thought that was gonna be so cool but the minute that I made Jesus my king I had a uh uh-oh moment now it's a good uh uh-oh moment but at that moment I went "Uh uh-oh what I thought I was gonna do with my life is not what God wants me to do with my life I knew the minute that I made Jesus my king I was called to do what I'm right doing right now And so what that means is the minute I made Jesus my king, my purpose changed. And let me just go ahead and and let you relax a little bit. You know, I I think every time I talk to people about Jesus, they're all afraid if they want Jesus to be the center of their lives, they too have to become a pastor. And uh, that's not true. Matter of fact, statistically, very few of us are going to need to become pastors. God, God hasn't called most of us to be pastors. He's called you to be a pastor to your friends and to your family and, and to the place you work right where you are. So relax. If God's touching your heart today, doesn't mean you're going to have to change careers. But, but I did. It's what God was doing for me. And so because of Jesus, right there at that moment, my purpose changed. And if my purpose changed and I was a sophomore in high school, then my plans changed. Like, not only did my life long-term plans change, but my short-term plans changed because I was looking at colleges and thinking about where I wanted to go and what I was going to do. The truth is I was only looking at one college. People ask me all the time, Jimmy, why are you such a big Duke fan? Well, it's because I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to go to med school at Duke. I wanted to go to college at Duke. And that was like, that was my goal. But at that very moment, I realized Duke's pretty expensive uh, for Bible college. I don't need to go uh, to Duke and then turn around and go to seminary. And so even my immediate college plans, what I was going to be doing the next year, which applications I was going to fill out, it changed. Everything changed. Immediately, 
my relationship with God changed. Used to, I only talked to God if I saw blue lights behind me or I forgot to study for my algebra test. And now suddenly I'm talking to God every day. My conversations with him changed. My, my activity changed because I had a Bible that had been given to me at this retreat. Because I made Jesus my king, they gave me this Bible. And I thought, well, you know, hey, if I'm going to follow Jesus and call myself a Christian, I should probably read this thing. Which, by the way, for some of you today, maybe that's the one thing you need to hear me say. Yeah, if we follow Jesus, we should probably know a little bit about what's in here. And so I started reading this, and I decided I was just going to begin at the beginning and, and just go one or two chapters every single day. Uh, that does not go quickly, just for the record. It took me about three years, the last three years of high school, to do that. I think a little bit of it had to do with I, I got severely derailed about Leviticus and Numbers. If you guys have ever tried to read through that, look, if you are a high school student, you don't know really anything about it, and you find yourself every night sitting down to read through Leviticus, good luck getting through a whole chapter. That, that's kind of like a little bit of torture, and, and I'm sorry, but, it, you know, how many infectious skin diseases and, and the priestly work of that? Do you really want to know about it at some point, especially as a high school sophomore? So, but, but I did begin to read it, and I did get through it, and uh, it really did begin to speak to me. Some things changed immediately because of Jesus. Sadly, everything didn't change immediately because of Jesus. I was still a 16-year-old kid, and I've yet to meet a perfect 16-year-old kid. So still disobeyed my parents, still had some bad attitudes, still uh, argued a little bit, still was disrespectful to some teachers. And, uh, you know, it, I actually got to a point where my, my parents had just bought this, this brand-new truck. My dad got a new truck, and uh, for some reason, I was allowed to drive it to school uh, for a couple of days, and, and this, thing, this thing was brand new, right? Uh, and and uh, I was going home from school one day, and another friend of mine also got a brand new truck. So we, we thought what every two 16-year-olds think, which is, <laughs> my truck's faster than your truck. And so we decided to find out which one of us was right. And uh, we wrecked, and I rode the bus for the next six months. Look, I, one of the things that had changed about me is I had begun going to a youth group and, and on fire trying to follow Jesus, and now I have to show up at my youth group and tell my youth pastor, uh, yeah, you know, this new version of me you see just did something really, really stupid because everything didn't change because of Jesus. And, and so it became kind of the story of my life. Things changed, and over time, more did change. As I got older, went into college and everything, uh, friendships changed, relationships changed, the way that I thought about uh, females and, and looking for the person that God had for me instead of just somebody to hang out with on Friday night, everything changed. My attitudes changed. Matter of fact, anybody that I've, I've noticed as I've looked at some of the folks following on the, the feeds and seeing some of my friends from college and high school I think some of them are actually just beginning to check this out online right now to say, that guy? Are y'all kidding me? Because the truth is, for the people who knew me in high school and college, believing that I, I could be a pastor is, that's pretty far uh, down the road. I, I was incredibly arrogant. I, I was incredibly selfish. Uh, pastors are supposed to care for people, right? Um, I, I, would, I would just kind of blurt into any conversation, make it all about me. Uh, everything was really just centered on me. And, and that's something that God did begin to change over time. And God continued to do other work in me. Even today, I want you to know, sometimes we think, well, because of Jesus, he changed me. Now I've arrived. I haven't arrived. I'm a pastor. I've been following Jesus ever since I was a sophomore in high school. And every day I wake up, and talk to God about something in me that still needs to change. 
You see, I'm a father, I'm a husband. Every day I'm asking God, how can I be a better father, a better husband? I'm a leader, and I'm asking God, how can I be a better leader? How can I, I be a leader that people will want to follow to get to you? Because, well, yesterday was good enough for yesterday, maybe, but, you know, what am I going to do tomorrow? And the truth is, I wake up every day and talk to God. You may think the number one thing that God and I talk about is Grace Life Church, you know, kind of like uh, we get together and strategize about making the church great and all that sort of stuff. And, well, we have those conversations, but it's not the main thing that God talks to me about. The main thing that God talks to me about is me. The number one thing that God and I talk about every day is my soul. Like what made me angry yesterday? What, what, what made me struggle yesterday? What made me not be kind yesterday? What do I need to do today to say that because of Jesus, I'm changed? Because it's a life process. And I know somebody watching right now, uh, you, you kind of want to push back a little bit. And so if I could just speak to one of the objections I always hear right about this point, and people will say, hey, man, what's all this about change? Look, God loves me for who I am. I heard it, you know, preachers say, come on, just as you are. Billy Graham, it was his favorite song every time he was talking about coming to God. They were singing, just as you are, come just as you are. I don't need to change. God loves me. Look, here's the truth that's a little bit misunderstood. Yes, God loves you. Yes, even while you were a sinner, God loved you enough to send his son to die for you. God's love for you will not change. It cannot increase because you become a better person. His favor may change. His blessings may increase. But his love for you, it's as much as ever because his son already gave his life for you. But I need you to know, Jesus not only died for who you are today, Jesus died for you to become who God intends for you to be. I would go as far as to say your fulfillment, your happiness is based in who God made you to be because of Jesus, not the broken version of you that you were yesterday or 10 years ago. Yes, God says, come to me just as you are, but he doesn't intend for you to stay there. He doesn't intend for you to stay trapped by some of the things of your past, which I, I want to just go right back to the song, because of Jesus were changed. You know, we were singing some really strong lyrics as we were going through that song earlier, and I just want to highlight a few of them right now, and, and if you would just take a moment and, and reflect on them and, and think about what that means to you. We sang the line that said, the chains of my past are gone. That means that the power of sin, because sin used to have a power, uh, that's a whole other sermon I don't have time for today, but it had a power, and you were trapped in it, and, and what it drew you to, you, you were stuck in that, but because of the death and resurrection of Jesus, those chains are broken, and you are free now to, to come out of those things. Some of those habits are gone, some of those addictions are gone, the power of the name of Jesus in your life, those chains are destroyed. Your history does not determine your future. Because the chains are broken. We sing, I'm changed. I'm not who I used to be. It means I don't think the way I used to think. I don't act the way I used to act. I don't make decisions the way I used to make decisions. I don't live for what I used to live for. My priorities then are not my priorities now. We sing, I'm raised out of the grave that once held me. See, the truth is, you and I, we were headed for eternal death. Now, we're headed for eternal life. 
Once everything we knew was focused on life on earth, now everything we know is focused on life in heaven. Because here's the truth, before Jesus, life on earth was as good as it gets. Your Caribbean vacation with white sand and blue water, that was as good as it gets. Because eternal punishment is never going to be as good as what we have here. This was as good as it gets. But here's a really awesome thought for you. As soon as you make Jesus your king, this is as bad as it gets. Your future, your reality, everything is different. Life on earth will be the worst thing you experience instead of the best Right? I mean, come on. The streets of gold in heaven and having eternal fellowship with God, seeing Jesus face to face is way better than any Caribbean beach. Matter of fact, there's going to be beaches. I just can't wait to get to heaven because I happen to love the Caribbean. And I know if what I see when I go to the Caribbean with my wife is fallen, broken earth, man, I cannot wait to see God's perfect version of this. It's, this is the worst I just want you to think about that. Because of Jesus, this is the worst we will ever experience. We sang, your amazing grace washed my sin away. I'll never be the same. I'll never be the same because at this point I just stand in awe. Say, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for what you've done. And when we used to just resist his will and to say, man, this is just a book of a bunch of rules. I don't want to follow that. Now we're filled with gratitude and worship, and and I will never be the same. You see, because of Jesus, we are changed. I'm not who I used to be. I'm not broken anymore. I'm made whole now by the Spirit of God that lives inside of me. I'm not driven by the past. I am free to have a new future. I'm not who I used to be. I am who God made me to be. Everything has changed. I want to take a moment, if I could, And, and I want, since we're talking about this not just being a one-time thing. I want to talk about uh, how this is really affecting your life right now. We're, we're in the midst of one of the greatest trials you and I will probably face in our lifetime. We're surrounded by a world pandemic. Uh, this COVID-19, if anyone happens to be watching this a few years down the road. And, and as we are looking at our world today, uh, our freedoms have been changed. We can't go places we want to go. Some of our favorite restaurants will never be open again. Uh, Our activities are changed. Our friends are required to keep their distance and not be able to come over. We've even got family members that we can't hug and touch because maybe they're our grandparents or or something like that. And, and, And I hope that you and I will be able to say when it's over. Matter of fact, it'd be really good if you and I could even say right now, a few weeks in, maybe a few months in, depending on where you live, that we could say, you know what? God's been changing me during this. You know, when this began, fear was just, it gripped me. But because of Jesus and, and these last few weeks, I've got a grip on fear. You know, when, when this began, I was, I was worried. Maybe I'll get sick and maybe I'll die. I've actually been following uh, some really uh, tough situations with people. My, my wife, two of her siblings are, are sick and uh, tested positive with COVID-19. I mean, this is real. This is, this is hitting home. And I, I saw some social media posts this week from some friends and extended family who have lost loved ones. I, I hope that right now as we're looking at the world around us, that if it's not today, that, that maybe very soon in the coming weeks, we'll be able to say that through this crisis, because of Jesus, I don't fear sickness the way I used to. I don't look at death the way I used to. I'm not concerned with what tomorrow holds the way I used to be. 
And whatever the story is, because you, you may have incredible frustrations, maybe you have incredible worries, or you have incredible fear, or, or whatever the situation is, I think every person I know is responding a little differently. I've got some introverts that are friends that think this is the, the greatest time of life, and I've got some extroverts that just want to pull their hair out. And so look, we're all looking at this differently, but I think we all have one question that's the same. And that is, through this, because of Jesus, how am I going to be different? How am I going to come out of the greatest trial our world has faced in decades, if not the greatest trial of my life? And what am I going to say God changed about me? What's different? As we close today, I'd, I'd like to invite you uh, to a front row seat of something really cool. Here, here's what I mean. I think I've got the best job in the world. And the reason for that is because, well, first of all, I'm doing what I love, um, but it's not only this that you see. Uh, just for the record, pastors do work other than Sundays when they stand up here and talk. There's the other days of the week when we're face-to-face -face with people, or at least now six feet away from people, and we're talking about life and what God's doing in their life and helping them through struggles and seeing how life changed. And because of my job, I get a front row seat to seeing life change actually take place. And I know sometimes you, don't, you, you get to hear some of the stories, but you don't actually get to see that happen. And so what I want to do today as we close, I want to invite you to a front row seat of a story that took place here uh, in our church with a, a couple named Amanda and Ethan. And so if you would just take a moment, check this out. Really great story of what has changed in their lives all because of Jesus. So I grew up in a pagan household. Both my parents uh, practiced witchcraft. I remember as a young child, a lot of friends coming over to our house for fire jumping rituals, calling spirits of the dead. I remember growing up with a cauldron in a closet near my bedroom. Um, a lot of different scary things for me as a child and always having that feeling that something was wrong and it wasn't right. There was a time when my parents would hold fires at their house where people would come and do fire dancing, fire jumping, and it was raining, and she, that was going to mess up the, my mom's plans. It, she had told me that I had these powers that I could control the weather and um, had sent me outside to make the rain stop. And as I went outside, I just started praying and begging Jesus and God and saying over and over again for them to please just make the rain stop so that my mom would leave me alone and I could go back inside. And after continuous prayer, it did stop and it had worked, praying to God worked. And that was, I remember that being the first time I ever even tried or attempted to pray to God. I've lived the military life my entire life and um, with every move would be a different pursuit of God. And as I got older, I kind of slowed down with that. I stopped listening, I stopped praying. Ethan and I got married at a young age. Um, as we, mo we moved to Italy with the military and as we moved, we kind of 
kind of just lived in the moment and got wrapped up in a lot of things that didn't really help our relationship. As Ethan and I moved back from Italy and I was still working through the, the feelings of abandonment and loneliness and rejection in, our, in my own marriage, I was also having feelings of abandonment and rejection from my own father who was in a new relationship and pushing away from me. And that started bringing a lot of negative feelings and emotion into my life that really actually pushed me to cry out to God more. Yeah, I, I think at that point, I just didn't know why, it, why I was being put through that. What it was that God was doing in my life that warranted that kind of pain. Um, my dad and I were really close, and so to see him just be okay with not having me in his life and meeting his grandchildren, I just, I remember saying a lot of the way home, like, why me, God? Why, when I am doing everything I can to get closer to you, do I have to be put through this? And to lose the only parent I felt I had. I felt I was losing my husband. I felt I was losing everything important in my life, all while I was trying to pursue God. Um, and I spent 17 hours driving home, just asking over and over again, like, why God, why me, why am I, why are we going through this right now? Why do I have to feel these feelings? Like, are you even there? And just asking God, please, just give me an answer. Show me you're here with me so I know that what I'm doing and putting you first is the right thing. Then getting home after a few days, receiving a letter on my porch from a stranger that she had felt led by God to write this message out and bring it to me just days prior, which happened to be the same day that I was begging for him to show me what it was that he wanted for me. In coming out of that dark place with Ethan and I, we, we started coming to church and making it a priority. Ethan and I started putting God first in everything and surrounding ourselves with God-loving people who helped push us in the right direction. There's a lot of hope for my kids. Ethan and I really want to set that foundation as, of God being top priority in our lives. From when I was a child and God found me on that porch to my marriage and living in Italy and everywhere we have lived all over the world, in every rough spot God has brought me closer to him and God has brought me to the light every time. Wow, what an incredible story of a life being changed all because of Jesus. As we've been talking all day, this is a process, it never ends, but it does have a beginning. And for some of you, that beginning might be today. It begins the day that you recognize that you need Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. 
the day that you decided it's time to exchange the life you've built with you as king in your own kingdom for the one with Jesus as king in his kingdom. It really is a much better life. If you've never done that, I want to help you do that right here, right now. The good news is it's not hard. I'm just going to lead you in a conversation with him. If you're seated on a couch, if you're kneeling on a floor, it, it doesn't matter. But right where you are right now, just say something like this to yourself and to God. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you died for me. And now I want to live for you. I want to be the new creation with you living inside. I thank you that you love me. I thank you that I'm forgiven. And my simple prayer today is that you give me a life of great purpose in your kingdom and fill me with your spirit. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. If you've made the decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. It's the best decision you'll ever make. If you've been impacted in any way, we'd love to hear about it. Head over to gracelife.church resources where you can share your story and find other tools for following Jesus. We hope you go out and make Jesus famous in your world.